You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bowes. I am joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, what is happening with you? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm well. I feel like $100, I would say. Oh, we're back to $100. That's good. I know sometimes you're 99, sometimes 98. So we're good. No, I, I feel good. Uh, you know, I like the fact that it's not super early where I'm at. You know, I feel uh, okay. tanned and rested and ready to go. So uh, super excited oh uh, for the show tonight. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I have been, I'll tell you, it's been a busy day. Um and uh, not to go into all the details, we can maybe do that on another show, but there just seems like there are a lot of mergers and acquisitions in HR tech in the last week. So it's been uh, really busy just learning about all the different companies that are joining forces. Yeah, it's been a busy time. A lot of things in the news. And yeah, maybe we'll circle back on it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Uh, we're going to be at an event actually next week. Maybe we can put together a quick pod on some HR tech stuff and, and do a little M&A talk. That'll be fun. Maybe we'll do that. Absolutely. Let's do that. All right. So let's get right to it. Uh, keep it locked into the HR Happy Hour Show and the podcast network coming very, very soon. The relaunch of an HR Happy Hour Show podcast network title. Uh, more to come on that, but it's happening very, very soon. We're excited about that. We are booking out for the remainder of the second quarter in 2020. You can shoot us a tweet at HR Happy Hour or contact us via our website, hrhappyhour.net. And of course, uh, our, our annual weekly daily reminder to add the HR Happy Hour show Alexa version to your device's news and flash briefing. Just search for HR Happy Hour skill on your Alexa app. Finally, Trish, of course, this HR Happy Hour show is sponsored by our friends at Paychex. Paychex makes it simple for businesses of all sizes to pay and manage their employees. They make payroll easy and automatic, and they handle benefits programs as well. Paychex guides businesses through their human resources challenges by keeping them up to date with ever-changing laws and regulations, online and mobile, over the phone, in person, or any combination of the above. With Paychex, they work with you the way you want to work. Learn more at Paychex.com and many thanks to them. All right, Trish, let's get on to the show. We've got a great guest, someone I've been trying to get on the show for a while now. We're, are, we've been crossing emails for a long time and we finally made, made it happen, which I'm really happy. Our guest today is Tammy Sun. Tammy is the co-founder and CEO of Carrot Fertility. Carrot is the leading global benefits provider for employers providing flexible financial coverage and expert care navigation across the U.S. and nearly 40 countries. Carrot's program includes everything from egg freezing. I never thought I'd say that on a happy hour show, Trish, the phrase <laughs> egg freezing, but here we go. Yeah, IV, IVF and adoption, donor and gestational services, and more. Tammy has had a successful career across marketing, technology, and politics. That's timely right now. Tammy, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really good. I'm really good. Thanks so much. 
Oh, awesome to have you. Great to talk again. It's been a while. So Tammy, maybe give us, uh, we, we got a little bit of the background, a little bit of, of Carrot, of course, of you, but maybe maybe tell us a little bit more about you and, and what's happening at Carrot, and then we'll, we'll dive into some of these, these topics, uh, what's happening with fertility benefits in the workplace. Well, I'm doing really well. As we were chatting about before, the sort of HR event season is is about to kick off. So we're really excited to, you know, be doing some travel. And certainly I'll be doing quite a bit of travel across the country as well. So excited to, to kick off the season there. Um, you know, Carrot is doing really well, too. We're, we're super excited to see a couple of, you know, really big trends in the employer space um, where we can really be of, of service, obviously, around providing fertility coverage for people who need it. Um, this has historically been really sort of a poorly served aspect of, of the benefits scene. And, you know, HR folks have, have not had a lot of choices for products and services that could make this really feasible and doable for them. Sure. Um, and so, so we're, we're excited to be, to be bringing that, um, bringing that to the market. You know, Tammy, I was really excited to see that we were doing the show today for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, which we can get into later if we need to, I've actually been through IVF um, oh, wow. and have 16 year old boy, girl twins from that. So I, I definitely have the, um, the personal perspective on what that was like to go through from a financial perspective with an employer. But yeah. also, um, I'm going to be at the Health and Benefits Leadership Conference, which is one of the events I know that you all will be at. So just yeah. a shout out to anyone who wants to come and actually meet you all in person and and find out more, they can can definitely do that there. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, we we meet with a lot of folks actually who have some direct experience with fertility care. I mean, I, I certainly have myself as well um, with egg freezing. And what we see is that like in, in the US, more and more people are having exposure or require this type of, of care. Um, I think there was a, a Pew Research study maybe last year that said one in three Americans um, have either had direct exposure to some kind of fertility care or someone close to them has. And so um, there's lots of reasons for that, but this is certainly becoming, um, if not has already become quite mainstream. Yeah, Tammy, I'd love for you to sort of dive into that. Like, why is this, um, is it just because of the technology is more advanced or like, why is fertility benefits say, because I'm guessing 17, 18, 20 years ago, uh, this thing didn't really exist uh, probably, um, at least in the workplace in terms of a benefit. Why have why have fertility benefits emerged as a really top of mind kind of issue for employees and for HR leaders? Um, so there's a couple main reasons. Um, you know, the first one is is that employee demographics and and the demographics of of this country and many countries around the world are just changing. Um, in the U.S., for the first time ever more women above the age of 30 years old, like myself, are having children than women below the age of 30 years old. Um, and that just really affects sort of what the needs are at employer-sponsored healthcare plan level, as well as the, the overall healthcare system, because our biology hasn't changed. Um, you look at sort of what are the plans and expectations of the LGBTQ community. Um, and, you know, there's there's lots of research to show that a majority of them plan to um, try to form families, either through adoption, through fertility technology, um, or gestational carrier services. 
So the the demand is just growing at an employee at an employee level, and so what we see is employers really responding, um, and and I think that's part of what is driving the need and the demand. And you know, Steve, I mean, I think you, you said maybe that long ago we didn't really have them. I think it was more rare, or maybe at really large companies, because you know I was at a big four public accounting firm, and and mine were actually fully covered. I want oh, you to okay. pay deductible, so it was there. Um, but I think that you know um, I was obviously working in human resources too, and as a recruiter, as a matter of fact, during that time, and it was certainly something that was more rare, and we used it as a um, you know, huge differentiator if there were anybody thinking of that. But for us, it was like the people that seemed to be using it, we all tended to be a little bit on the older side of where women might normally be having children, um, you know, up into their thirties or whatnot. And so that's, that's at least where we were seeing, but again, that was, you know, 16, 17 years ago. So I think it's nice now because, you know, now with something like this, um, this provider, I think you can maybe have smaller companies or mid-sized companies who are, are more easily able to offer these types of services, whereas maybe before that was reserved for a very small um, percentage of employers. I think that's right. I mean, Trish, you mentioned it just now, and and you know, it's typically the biggest companies in the world historically have had the opportunity to sort of design some plans with the with the carrier to offer coverage, but in many cases only in the case of um, a medical diagnosis of infertility, and only in the U.S. It doesn't cover True. global populations. And what we found is that um, you know, specific, especially since the demand is growing, employers really need. Um, you know, a tool and a, and a software product that is like, it's just more customizable, as you said, to sort of um, to fit whatever their business needs are at that particular stage of growth, whether you're a large enterprise with a multinational, you know, employee base or a mid-sized company or a smaller one. Tammy, in the intro, I, I went through a number of different uh, types or um, areas of, of, of coverage or benefits that are potentially available for employers and employees who adopt these programs. I, I have to admit, not understanding a, a lot of them, uh, you know, being a little bit ignorant. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the different types of things that could be covered or, or employees could be supported for? And then what seems to be the things that employees and then slash their, their employers are, are looking at the most maybe uh, compared to other elements? Yeah. So it really starts with, I mean, to your point, Steve, it really starts with helping employees with just education. Um, you know, most members come into the program and they really spend at least two to three months trying to understand how to get started, how to think about providers, you know, is it the right time for me, um, understanding their their company's plan design. And so we have, you know, a very personalized care team, depending on who you are, if you need adoption services, if you need IVF services, like your care team is built specifically for your needs. And so that's really the first phase, to your point, like a lot of people you know, don't understand where to get started or what some of these terms mean. And so the education portion is a hugely important part of the experience. And then from there, people sort of, you know, go down different paths depending on what their needs are. Egg freezing is also called, you know, fertility preservation because, you know, you're freezing eggs for potential 
future use. Now, it's not a guarantee, it's not an insurance policy, um, but it does, you know, potentially afford you more options down the road. Um, you know, global access is another sort of path that you can consider. And if you are outside of the U.S., we help you understand, you know, the cultural landscape, the government, you know, the governance, the rules, the laws, the regulations what types of treatments and services you might need. Adoption and, and gestational carrier services, which, um, which is also commonly called surrogacy, is actually ah, okay. the fastest growing part of our, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's the fastest growing part of our, of our claims processing stack. So we process all of the claims. We don't send it to the carrier, which means okay. we are able to give employers sort of a lot more flexibility and control. But it's really interesting because that is being driven primarily by um, same-sex male couples who are looking to um, fertility services and surrogacy um, as a part of their family building um, sure. and family forming journey. So, so it's it's pretty diverse, and and you know I think historically people have thought that fertility treatments is is just IVF, or maybe in recent years it's like it's just IVF and 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 egg freezing, but it's not. We see our members using Kara in like so many different diverse ways that that serve them. Tammy, one thing I I really like that you pointed out is that you know maybe in the past it really was something where you had to be medically diagnosed as infertile in order to get services. And now it's just exciting to hear that's not the case, right? Because there are so many other types of families trying to have children that it takes that away. Um, do you find that that also carries true then for, um, you know, uh, male, female couples as well? Do they also then not necessarily have to have a, an infertility diagnosis to receive the benefits? Yep, that's exactly right. So Great. I think one of the biggest shifts between the time that you're talking about and today, and even a few years ago, is that is the, is again the diversification of how people use fertility treatments. Like one cycle does not fit all, and so even for you know two. Um, opposite sex couples who might be struggling with infertility, there's um, so much medical advancement that um, can allow them to really personalize their care in a way that is optimal for them. And so, I mean, you know this, Trish, there's so many factors that, that go into it. Age, um, mm -hmm. you know, other aspects of reproductive health that can impact outcomes, um, you know, genetic testing, whether or not that may or may not be right for you, depending on how many embryos you get. I mean, there's so many different variables. And so I think we're entering this really exciting time where employers are frankly like leading leading the charge around innovation to say every single person who is accessing this type of, of healthcare should have a highly personalized experience. Can I ask one other quick question? I'm sorry, Steve. No, just, no, go ahead, Trish. The while I'm thinking of it, um, as, as part of this, one thing that I felt that was missing years ago, it would be exciting if this was part of it, but I'm not sure. Um, is there any kind of counseling for people who are going through some of these different mm -hmm. types of you know, fertility, um, I guess, ways to try, because I felt like that was something that was really missing. And, you know, it, there's a lot of up, ups and downs. It's like a big roller coaster. And then, you know, there's just the, the added stress from just working and your, the financial impact, the mental and emotional impact, and then the physical impact. I don't feel like anyone back then really talked to me about any of that. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest changes I think between now and then and with Carrot is that we really 
think about that experience front and center. So the care team is designed to support this aspect of the care experience. You have unlimited text, video, and voice chat with your care team, which includes um, family counselors, emotional wellness, um, uh, you know, mental health um, uh, experts who can really give you guidance and information to navigate this aspect of the experience, which isn't just physically medical, it's also highly emotional. Um, and as you know, I mean, these experiences can, you know, it can last a couple months, but it can also go on for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And there's lots ups and downs. And, you know, we don't know if every, you know, certainly every IVF experience isn't going to be successful. Um, And so we're highly, highly aware of sort of the emotional aspect and, and the product really does come in to support that, that care as well. So the last thing I will just add is that that to me is the, the most impactful thing, because when you don't have that support and you're kind of going into it blind and, you know, your doctor may or may not have a great bedside manner when it comes to, you know, explaining all of, all of these things, um, which I'm sure, you know, quite a few don't, um, mm-hmm. that alone would be amazing. I, rem- I I can remember having to give myself shots, for example, and like calling the pharmacist at Walgreens and yeah. crying to her, you know, so that she walked <laughs> me through doing it. And, and so, yes, if I had had a, a provider that I could like partner with, that I could have called a care coordinator when I was yeah. having those moments and have someone on the phone with me or just tell me it's okay or what you're going through is normal. Or are you feeling, you know, it was really scary back then. So for anybody who's, I guess, in, in a position where you could have a service like this in your organization, even if you've not been through it yourself, it's, it can be very traumatic for yeah. not just IVF, but for all of it. Right. And so I think having a care coordinator is an amazing, amazing benefit um, for your employees. You can actually book. Um, you can actually have a video appointment with your care team, and a, a fertility wow. nurse through Care will help you. Um, you know, mix that menopure um, and oh. like load that pen and you know, walk. <laughs> you I don't know what you're. Ta- I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds great. I really do. Stop, you're you're making me want to have more babies, and I'm way too. I'm way too past that. <laughs> Uh, T- Tammy, uh, since this is an HR podcast, I'm obliged to ask this question. How uh, yeah. do you help employers and how are employers making the connection between offering in, uh, increased or better or more comprehensive fertility benefits and things like mm-hmm. recruiting, retention? Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, we always have to ask that question in HR, yeah. you know, with what's what's the return on investment? Because we can't just do nice things. Yeah, absolutely. And we, um, you know, we're very, very cognizant of the business case um, and partnering with benefit leaders to make that case to their their executive teams. And, you know, we see a lot of ROI around employee engagement and retention. um, There's a there's a study that says that for every, you know, employee that you are able to retain, it produces about 213% of their total annual salary. Wow. And so when we ask employees, and we do this um, across thousands of employees um, every day, which is, you know, are you more willing to stay at your company because you are engaged with this product? Um, And 95% of people consistently over the past 12 months have said that they are more willing. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, 
we see also anecdotal evidence in um, in feedback and in surveys from different um, employees that say they actually accepted this job over another offer because this particular company had carrot and they needed mm-hmm. access to fertility benefits at some point over the next few years. Yeah. Um, and so from a retention perspective, you know, we think this is, you know, my hypothesis is that this is like, this is becoming table stakes for um, employer-sponsored health plans. And, you know, over the past 50 years, you've seen the emergence of, of course, like major medical, but dental, vision. And I think the fourth pillar is, is in many cases, fertility care. So we, we love helping businesses keep their teams engaged, keep their teams happy. And then there's a, there's a second ROI piece on, um, on the business case, which is really sort of managing the care um, to produce better outcomes from a medical perspective. So really lowering sort of medical costs for particularly self-funded employers, but also fully insured. Tammy, if, uh, if there's a, an HR leader, a benefits leader listening to this show who maybe has not yet engaged with um, looking into adding these kinds of benefits or increasing, and, and you know, I don't want to dive into the weeds of, of yeah. medical plan design, but I imagine there's some element yeah. of of things that are that are generally covered in norm in just common medical coverage. But um, yeah, what what's kind of the jumping off point? Would you suggest for folks to uh, who are hearing this and believing it? but now need to start building that case and kind of getting started in their organization. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, our website, carrotfertility.com, we're, we're about to launch to your point, this specific point, sort of how to think about this. So a fertility benefits buyer's guide um, and really sort of going through a checklist of how to evaluate um, programs, how to understand what you may currently have as part of your insurance um, and then things to sort of think about, when you're putting this program together and customizing it for your team. Um, so you can go to carrotfertility.com or you can just email me. Am I allowed to say my email on this? As long as you don't want to get like spammed with like many, many fans of ours who will probably be just, no, I'm kidding. of course you can. Please do share. That's uh, okay. So it's Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y at get-carrot.com. Um, and yeah, and we'll we'll help you through it. It, it happens a lot. And, and actually sometimes, I'm actually thinking of this one customer um, who came to us through through the website, but it was because an employee had seen an article in the press about Carrot, and she didn't she didn't necessarily want to go to HR on her own. So what she did was she brought the article to an an employee resource group, um, and the group together sort of banded together and approached HR about um, about fertility benefits, and then. This customer went through an evaluation process, um, and we were excited to to launch them this year or earlier this year. But I, I think you know whether you're an HR leader or whether you're an employee who's really thinking about this either for yourself or for others. I mean, I think we see a lot of employees really going going to 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 different teams. Uh, sorry, to speaking to, to benefits on behalf of of colleagues and friends at work, um, which can also be a really sort of impactful thing to do. Oh yeah, I think a grassroots approach certainly in an organization would, would absolutely be a, one way to go, and could be could be really really effective. Um, you know, to uh, I mean, I've seen that in other elements of a sort of supplementary wow. or complementary benefits programs as well over the years, and it definitely makes uh, a ton of sense. Yeah, I guess one last thing for me, and then I don't know if Trish has any more. But Tammy, is, is there? Do you guys do research around? 
you know, X percent of large employers are now offering these benefits or mid-sized employers or, or the trends. And, and you said you think it's coming to be, it will be a table stakes item sooner than later, probably. Is it just, I'm wondering just where we are on that path. So do you have any perspective on that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of that research um, uh, can be found in like Willis Harris Watson or Mercer surveys mm-hmm. and, and the percentages are are growing quickly, but they're still relatively modest. So maybe mm-hmm. I think just over half of uh, large employers offer some type of coverage through the carrier, um, but that can that can really be limited only to, you know, fertility testing, consultations, initial diagnostic work. Um, oftentimes, the coverage for more complex treatments like in vitro fertilization or fertility preservation um, are, are carved out. So we're seeing sort of a lot of um, interest in either us partnering with with health plans to supplement the coverage that already exists or, mm-hmm. um, you know, to replace it altogether. But I think, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of growth, not just in the in the enterprise for CARIP, but really in the in the mid market as well. And I think the reason is, is that they finally have you know, an off-the-shelf product that they can deploy um, that is easy. So so then I guess by extension, this is not, we're not at all saying, hey, this is really kind of only a thing for for big companies, right? This, this type of benefit yeah. is accessible to really any size company. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, any size company. And, you know, we see a lot of most of the activity in the, in the, the midsize and, and the enterprise, but it really is meant to be something that you can customize and, and make it right for your business at your stage of growth. Tammy, that's uh, just a great way to sum it up. I think um, just like some of the other things over the years we've talked about, we've done some things on elder care uh, resources and support, child mm-hmm. care resources and support, financial wellness. And, and again, this yeah. to me is just yet another area where employers can really um, can step up and, and really provide valuable uh, services, benefits, et cetera, that can make a really, really significant impact in, in people's lives. You know, uh, yeah. and I think that's really important. I think too, yeah, it's and- because you you explain it in such a way that it really makes um, good business sense. I think a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, when we think of these things, it's it's more as maybe an initiative. Um, yeah. Whereas this, you know, yes, it impacts your employees, but when you think about, for example, you know, diversity and inclusion, obviously that's something that organizations are hopefully thinking about all the time of of what they can do. This is an actual tangible way from a business perspective that they can add value both to the individual employees, but to the, to the organization as a whole, right. And, and having people feeling more included because as you explained, it goes well beyond IVF or, you know, some of the steps that might've been early on where it really does include, um, you know, other types of um, procedures or, or surrogacy or whatever, right? And so it's it's just a really good um, business strategy as well. Josh, I think that's such a good point. And like one of the things that we really think about is that HR leaders are probably one of the most important executives in a company. They're they're spending, um, you know, one of the largest aspects of spend for companies is health coverage, is mm-hmm. is comp and benefits. And so really, you know, partnering with with these teams to think about how is how is Carrot going to serve your business goals um, is something that we really love to do. 
Tammy, it's been an awesome conversation. I'm glad we were finally able to to connect here and, and, and have this conversation yeah. after a while of planning. Um, we're excited <laughs> for the topic. Uh, I know Trish personally was very excited to have this topic on the show based on her her, her experience and uh, throwing out some terms I'd never heard of, which was great. And uh, we want, I mean, just thanks so much for taking some time to spend with us today. Thanks so much for spending time with me as well and, and talking about this issue. Really appreciate it. It's been It's been really fun. Right. And the website, again, is carrotfertility.com. I think I have that right. That's right. All right. Yeah. And we will see you. I'll also be at the Health and Benefits Leadership Conference as well, Tammy, and uh, slightly more educated than I was before. But ha- Trish, perhaps the three of us can get together and do a quick pick, right? And add it into the show notes. Uh, when we. When I we think we should. I absolutely think we should. And I'm really, you know what, I'm really excited to stop by your booth because I really want to be an advocate. You know, obviously it's close to my heart, but I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like what you're doing goes so far beyond where we were 17 years ago or 20 years ago. (laughs) Really, like, I I can't even believe it. I'm, I'm so um, envious of the people that actually get to work with you and partner with you and your, your care coordinators, because I'm sure that you are, um, you're helping them in ways that seem quite immediate. But I can tell you, like, and it sounds like maybe you've been through it too, but these these things, these things last a lifetime, right? These, these uh, feelings you go through and, and the emotional things you go through, it just lasts a lifetime. It's not over as soon as you have a baby. So um, I think probably you're probably helping people's long-term state as well, which is really, really special. I appreciate that, Trish. Thank you so much. All right. Great, great stuff. Uh, Thanks again, Tammy. The website's carrotfertility.com. And we will share that, of course, in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing Tammy soon out at the HBLC conference. Trish, great stuff today. I'm glad uh, you were able to be, uh, as usual, much smarter than me about the show topic. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I I will say, unfortunately, I was, right? Unfortunately, I had. Unfortunately. Don't let the, don't let those kids hear that. So anyway. No, no, I It's unfortunate that anyone has to go through it. It's really oh, difficult. I get, oh, I get no, what you meant. Really, I'm sorry. Really Misunderstood. Really, yeah. So, because I, I, I said I've met those kids, they seem to be nice enough. Yes, so, my kids right. are great. <laughs> <laughs> I love hate it. to think, hate to oh. think it all turned out awfully. So, no, no, all right. No. So, thank you again. No, enough, enough. And we're kidding. Kids are wonderful. All kids are wonderful. Oh, goodness. Well, some, my joke. I don't say that. I know now. Now I'm now I'm filibustering. But my favorite line I like to use when I do like a speech or a talk or something is, uh, you get up there and say, "Hi, my name is Steve. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, just want to tell you, I'm from North Carolina, and I have uh, two wonderful kids and another kid. You know, that's like my little icebreaker <laughs> show. Get that one. Yeah. All right. So bad. So bad. And I'm sure, and I'm sure they'll be pleased to know that this HR Happy Hour show is also sponsored by Paychex. So we want to shout them out again and say thanks to them. <laughs> After the ending of the show, they may be reconsidering, but uh, please do check right. them out. Payroll benefits and more at paychecks.com. And many thanks to them. All right. I think that's the sign we're done uh, for our guest, Tammy Sun. For Trish McFarland. My name is Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.